Uh, hi. hi, this is Nadine. This is Kate. And, and you're, listening you're listening to, to Dope Women. That was the new and, one. <laughs> and y'all, today we have a very special guest on today's episode. We have oh, in this baby. corner, representing from El Monte, California, baby. <laughs> El Sereno. From El Sereno. Wait, what did I just say? <laughs> El Sereno. <laughs> oh my God, I'm high. <laughs> El Monte. God damn it. Let's Love do that, that again. Let's do that again. <laughs> Representing from El Monte. Wait, God damn it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Both are staying, but just so everybody knows, I'm not from El Monte. I'm from El Sereno. <laughs> My God. We have Baby. If you don't know who Baby is, go back, listen to volume one of Defining Women. Yes. Um, we introduced them on that episode. So there. So go listen to that and then come back. Yes. And there's a lot to learn there too. So I think that everybody should listen to it. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. So actually, let's talk about how we uh, we met you because we didn't have a chance to talk about that on that episode. Yeah. What's your first memory Oh, my yeah. God. Good question. I Kate. know nice. mine. Um, okay. Well, okay. So, yeah, I know mine. So, I used to work at this place in South Pasadena called Mama's Brick Oven Pizza, <laughs> where I, uh, my coworker, Chris, who drummed for this band called Old Blood, was always inviting <laughs> us to all of his shows. And we all used to like hang out and always get drunk with each other. So we were like, fuck yeah, we're going to go to the show. And so my first time <laughs> seeing Kate and Nadine was this like really small, bad Irish pub in like on like this strip of nowhere land in like Pomona or something like that. Accurate. Baldwin Park. But yes. Pretty much the same, yeah. But everybody, like, it was so funny because the entire bar mm -hmm. was just, like, old, like, bearded biker <laughs> dudes. And then, like, these kids playing <laughs> in the corner. And Kate had on, like, this crazy, like, crying, like, black makeup, just tears down her face, like, wailing into a microphone. And I there were, like, three dancers, and Nadine was one of them with the hula hoop <laughs> that, like, lit up. Yes. And I was just like, what the yes. fuck is this? ignored everybody but I went to Kate and Nadine and the other two dancers and I was just like <laughs> that Hi. Was, oh my god but like my main memory of like us starting to like be Aww. friends was when you all played at the Viper Room <laughs> and Kate was so drunk outside of the bar and I was so drunk and we were like outside I was like smoking a cigarette and the band was just out there they had just finished playing and Kate was like <laughs> You do makeup. You should do my makeup for our next show. And I was drunk. So I was like, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Chris told me that you did makeup. And I was and like, And then I okay. just started doing your makeup. Like, looking at your stuff like, oh, she does like 
cool makeup. Like she's not just like Hell a yeah. makeup artist. Like I wasn't sure, but no, it was it was like I know, but you used like prosthetics. I didn't and work shit. at Sephora. You like really <laughs> fucking went for it, you know? Like yes, it was like yeah. Full, my oh, you gave me eyebrows. Nuke. I never thought I could have. I was like, oh my god, there they are. Well, the thing is too is I taught myself how to because I like. I mean, if you listen to the the first episode, I like literally pushed everything feminine away until I was like, wait, I really want to do drag. And so five years ago, when I started drag, is I when I actually started doing makeup, and I was, it was rough for a little bit. <laughs> I know you had barely just started when we met you. And to honestly, to us, it was always amazing. So to you, like looking back and seeing what was rough at the, at least at the no, time, like yeah. to us, we were like, wow, like we were excited when we got like a nice gradient on our fucking eyeshadow. <laughs> Seriously. Like, or like Seriously. I used two colors, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I remember I put I put those contacts on you one time, and you just like there's that little like boomerang that I had of you, just like <sighs> like looking, yes. like Good. doing like a little rar with your contacts on. <laughs> I remember that we played a show for you once for Queer as Punk, and like I tried to wear this pantsuit, and I was just, I don't know how you do heels. I took them off, like my oh, heels yeah. sucked. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I usually use a combat boots all day. <laughs> yeah, I usually use boots or some like supported thick heel, but heels is hard. It's so hard. Well, the the easy way to get away with like wearing really hot looking heels but then being comfortable mm. is wearing like a thigh high boot with a platform because you're getting comfort but the thigh high boot, because it zips oh, all the way up, you're getting yeah. support for like your entire leg to like walk on them. So a lot of, if you see a lot of performers wearing thigh high boots, they look hot as fuck. Oh, can I say fuck that? Yeah. here? <laughs> they look hot as F-U-C-K. That's and so true. Like Beyonce, yeah. Madonna, Britney Spears, J-Lo, like they're always wearing fucking thigh high boots and shit. Oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the easiest way to get away with like looking good. <laughs> You'll be comfortable longer. Well, because I know like a lot of people are like, I'm going to get like a strappy stiletto. It's like, no, bitch, those fucking hurt. <laughs> like even me, like after 20 minutes, I'm already like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to do my number yep. and I'm going home. Like I taking slippers with me. <laughs> Good tip. Pro tip. Thank you. Oh, pro like, fucking tip. Ugh, I haven't been, I haven't, I was thinking about fishnets the other day. I was like, God, it's been forever Aww, since I put fishnets on. Because we've been up. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, ugh. I'm living vicariously through you, baby, with Queer's Punk and everything else. <laughs> yeah, I remember this one time I did your makeup at your apartment in Highland Park. And I think Nadine was there too. And you all, I was getting you both ready for the show. <laughs> and Kate's like, what am I going to wear? And I like pull out my outfits, which is just a... Yeah. a like like it's just like fishnet fabric that I just put over my body and I just put duct tape on my nipples. I'm like, how about this? So perfect. <laughs> and Kate was like, there hold on, pulled out a tutu and was like, there, now it's an outfit. Oh my God. So baby, why don't you lead us in? Okay, yeah. So today on this episode, when we're talking about dope women, we cannot be uh, exclusionary to the trans women who have fought for the LGBTQ rights. And um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about three women who were actually a part of the Stonewall riots. Yes. And we're going to 
talk about what Stonewall was, what it meant to the uh, LGBTQ community, where it falls 50 years like today, and just three people who were there in the riot and yes. their yes. life and their and work. This is um, this was Baby's idea. I just want to throw that out there that this was a, such a good idea to do it this way. That's something you are passionate about. And we were like, yes. duh, this is why we have made this show. <laughs> yes. Literally, this is why. Yeah. Yeah, I was really excited when you guys asked me. I was like, okay, they asked me, so we're going to talk about Dope Women. Should yes. I recommend yes. that we talk? And it was a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> you should always let your opinion be known. I know the three dopest yes. women to dope. talk about. Dopest of the dope. <laughs> <laughs> we have to put that on something one day. Um, cool. Okay, so Stonewall Riots. Well, I guess, okay, do we need to do like a quick little one-liner about the Stonewall Riots or... Well, what I wanted to say was like kind of give a little bit of history to the bar and why the raid even happened and everything like that. Yeah, so um, the Stonewall Inn was a, uh, it used to be a straight bar uh, restaurant that was renovated by the Genovese crime family. Like it was like a mafia who renovated it into a gay bar. So unexpected. Like it's, what a what an interest, you know? It's already interesting. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> the mafia bought this bar and um, at the time you weren't able to sell alcohol to anybody who seemed a part of the LGBTQ community. So any gay, lesbian, or trans person, if they entered your bar, you were legally allowed to not sell liquor to them. Um, and that Jesus. went on for a while. The and um, this, the mafia created this bar so that they'd be able to illegally sell alcohol yeah. to... It's smart. It's inclusion. And it makes them some money. Yes. Make that money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So after a few years, it... They, they made it so that it wasn't illegal to sell liquor to gay people or, you know, lesbian, gay, trans people. But it was illegal to be performing any kind of gay act. So whether that be like holding hands, kissing in public, dancing with each other. And there were also really strict laws that said that you had to be wearing three pieces of three articles of clothing that fit your gender at a time. I, I learned about that while researching my subject. And oh my God. that fucking uh, blew my mind. That was a, a requirement. That was a law. No one talks about that. Yeah. And the thing is, is like nobody would even know about that because if you grew up with like cisgendered parents and you were always just very kind of like white bread and kind of like picket fence kind of people, right. of course you wouldn't know anything like that. Um it was it was more rules to enforce you so that they like if you were uh you know maybe a someone who was trans and wearing a dress they were able to arrest you and say well this is the law you're not allowed to wear you know you have to wear three articles of clothing that we appears your gender so yeah yeah <laughs> there's 
so much to talk about that. <laughs> What's really cool was that um, since the bar was owned by a mafia and everything that they were doing was already illegal, they paid off a lot of corrupt cops to let them know if there was going to be a raid that was happening. Mm. So a lot of the times they would get tipped off if there was going to be a potential raid on them that night. And so they would be able to like make sure that everybody looked like, or, you know, not fine, but you know what I mean? Like so that they wouldn't get taken down and they would like hide the alcohol because they didn't have a liquor license. So it just kind of looked like they were walking in on this lounge or whatever, you know. But for some reason that night on June 28th, 1969, uh, they were not tipped off and the police raided the Stonewall Inn, which at the time was a gay bar and also a bar where mm. drag queens were welcome. So trans women and uh, lesbian women and gay men, you know. Um, so they weren't tipped off. And when the police got there, they raided and they started to arrest even some of the employees for selling liquor and alcohol that was bootlegged. And they started to try to arrest people for not wearing like gender appropriate, and I do that in quotes, clothing outside of the bar. It was just basically like this big, crazy crowd full of like cops grabbing people and being really rough with them. Just basically, you know, LGBTQ community watching police right. brutality happen right. to their community. And it just bubbled up to this really crazy explosion. And um, the members of the LGBTQ community started fighting back. It was this big riot that was induced. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. It was hard, but it was amazing. It was very courageous and very brave. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the Stonewall riot and talk about how, oh, you know, it's amazing, but they don't understand, like, the fear that must have been instilled because there wasn't really, like, this wasn't a thought that would spark, like, a movement. Yeah. It was like, we're just yes. tired of getting treated mm -hmm. this way today. Yes. Yes. And we're going to fight back today. Um, and in the legacy, like, um, the Stonewall didn't start the gay rights movement, but... Because of that riot, many people who were there, it, it just basically started like LGBTQ political activism. And it led to a lot of gay rights organizations that uh, were created. So like I know the HRC yeah. Human Rights Campaign was created from that. Um, yes. STAR, which we'll talk about later, was created from that. Uh, the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. So many, so many um, right, stemmed from that were, one fucking night, that one action that like had a whole ripple effect. That's amazing. Yeah, that is yes. like nice recap. Didn't even yeah. think about it. Like I know, obviously, Stonewall riots happened, and then a year later was the first Pride parade. Um, but I even, but then to think about it in terms of that one night rippling into all these other amazing organizations opening yes. up, um, yes, is such a. Uh, an important lesson in taking like that one action as an individual because you never know what your action can like lead to in terms of impact with other people so yeah exactly and and also yeah. not not even being aware that your action is going to have that ripple effect it's just mm -hmm. you standing up for what you believe mm -hmm. in in that moment and it doesn't matter if you're gonna you know um the women that we're going to talk about today um they had no idea that it would begin like a crazy movement after you know this event it was just like i'm not gonna fucking stand for this tonight yeah. like i'm sorry right. they but were over not it. sorry they were over <laughs> it 
over it. I'm not going to let somebody hit me without hitting them back, you know? Let's not forget also, like you said, it was scary. Being arrested is scary. It really is being, it's scary. Yeah. And to have them arrest you for something like just being yourself. Being who you obviously are, Obviously, if yeah. you like, they're, you know, breaking the law of not having so many clothing like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. That's insane. It's yep. such bullshit. Um, well, that was all mm-hmm. a perfect segue into the story that I'm going to tell today, which is of Stormy de la Vie. Yes. Stormy. Yes. Love Stormy. Stormy Badass. is fucking dope. Okay, first of all, it's Stormy with an E and like the cool hyphen apostrophe like dash thingy. Um, uh, Stormy de la Vie. So um, Stormy is actually the one that everyone says started the riots. And her story is fucking amazing. So, okay. Yes. Three like bullet points of her life that I'll just like give right at the top. First of all, she was known as um, she was known as the lady of the jewel box. Um, and she was an iconic drag king and yeah, known as the insider of the Stonewall riots. So, okay. Taking you back like all the way to the beginning, right? Just really quick to, um, give us some social context. She was born in new Orleans, um, in 1920. She celebrates her birthday on, uh, Christmas Eve, December 24th, but she actually does not have a birth certificate because interracial births were like illegal at that time. Um, <clears throat> and she had, so she had a black mother and a white father. Um, and because of that interracial relationship in her DNA, she was a very light skinned black girl. And so like neither sets of kids liked her. Like she was literally terrorized by both groups of kids growing up. Like the oh, black kids God. were like, you have a white face. The white kids were like, you're black. Um, and she was just like... I feel like that's a struggle that a lot of, like, interracial people... Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Um, and she, at 15, um, I guess her... I think it was her grandfather. Um, I watched, like, a snippet of a documentary. So there's a documentary about her that I really want to get access to that I couldn't find. Um, but... It's called um, it's called Stormy Lady of the Jewel Box, um, and it is just like a, her whole biography, and it's fucking dope. And I wish I could get it, but I could we just should get find the snippet it. of it. We should definitely. I'm find trying it. to. Um, I'll help but you. <laughs> I got a lot of this episode from like that, just like that little snippet that I got. Um, but anyway, she says in it that at 15, um, you know, he said he said if I keep running, I'm going to be running for the rest of my life. So at 15, I stopped running and I haven't run a day since. Damn. And I was and like that is so, like yes, that's exactly what she did for the <laughs> yeah. rest of her life. She was just like stood her ground and was like, "Fuck you, you're the fuck I am." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Here the Storm fuck it. I am. Also going on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Cool. Love um, it. Oh my gosh. Um but um bum but um bum bum. Oh yeah. So she like so in the beginning she like dressed like a girl. She always she always said she was like, I'm I'm a I I'm a girl. Like I she would like nowadays she passed away unfortunately in twenty fourteen. But you know, mm-hmm. these days she, I think she would identify as 
she, her, hers, you know, she just like likes to dress up as a boy on stage. And she would even say like, I would dress up and I wouldn't change anything about my body language at all. But people just like believe what you put in front of them and want to just, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy that performance and go with it. And so they just went with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I fucking love that. Like she yes. didn't change anything. She just like put on a suit, you know? Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, but then she totally did get arrested one day, even though she like dressed like a girl on the street, but like a boy on stage. She ended up getting arrested one day for being in drag. But like a little bit of a silver lining, this cop ended up being totally cool and was like, listen, you're not tying your bow tie right. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she was like, then show me. And they were like, here. No way. And so... And she said that every night after that, he would visit her. And, like, you know, to this day, she can tie a bow tie without looking at it. And it comes out perfectly because of that, like, oh you know. My God. Oh, my God. That was so fucking cute. I was like, oh, God, chills. Like, good cops. Like, that's so cool, yeah. you know. Um, pro tips. So, so, like, in her performance, she, like, sang jazz. And I guess she had this super deep baritone voice. Um, and she later toured with a cabaret and she, with the, uh, it was called the Jukebox Review. Um, and she was known as the one girl. So the rest of them were men dressing as women and she, and you know, they were drag queens and she was the one drag king. Um, <laughs> and she would like sing oh and God, that's fucking perform. Like, you know, they wow. would like go on tour and do all this like oh my dope God. shit. Um, and she did it all with her um, partner of 26 years by her side. And Aww. her partner would, like, travel with her. Um, fast forwarding a little bit, um, she, her partner died, like, a few months after the Stonewall riots occurred. Um, and she stopped performing after that. I mean, obviously, Aww. she didn't stop working, but she just, like, stopped performing. It was, like... That's There's still no like a death anymore. Of, it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so like sad and romantic and beautiful and sweet and upsetting. I know, <laughs> but like I know. so beautiful at the same time, you know. <laughs> totally. That's that's the beauty of art. It hits you in like that way. And love, uh, love, man, uh, <laughs> love, man, love is cool, man. I say that a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Love, love can be cool, man, because, like, you, you like, yeah. support each other and yeah. stuff. Um, so anyway, man. so, yeah, so her partner uh, supported her and everything, especially while everyone else, like, didn't. Like, people would be like, this is bad for black people or or this is bad for the gay liberation movement or, or this is bad for your reputation. Blah, like, blah, blah, fucking... Blah. Literally, like, oh, God, like, who asked you, Karen? Um, (laughs) By the way, did you know that she was 48 when the Stonewall riots happened? Yeah, well, I was just going to say you said that she was born in 1920, what? 20. Damn. 1920. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm doing Marsha and Marsha was born in 45. So it's like, I didn't even realize Stormy was that much older um, until you just said it right now. And I was like, oh, my God, like. Fuck, she's fucking amazing. Dude, so, like, crazy. And she even said, she was like, I mean, I was 48 when that happened. I mean, I looked yeah. 20. Oh, my God. But she looks 20. I mean, no, like she, she, look- she, looks, she looks so good because, um, I mean, 
I think you were there maybe, Nadine, the night that you performed at Queers Punk and Jackie did like mm-hmm. her number as Stormy where she was like in a suit. Oh and, my God, I like, remember that number. She held up a, a picture of Stormy and Stormy's like chiseled, like so yes. fucking hot in mm-hmm. in the suit. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I she looks so, so young. Hot. I had no idea that she was... That she was already a little bit older when Isn't that crazy happened. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking 48 Damn. years old. So crazy. Um, but she said, here's a fun little quote from her. She said, it was no riot. It was a disobedience, <laughs> which I love. She's like, it wasn't a riot. Like, it was just, we were just being bad, which it's like, gosh, it was a riot. She's like, you want to see a riot? I wonder what she <laughs> means, what she... I wonder what she has in her head as like what a riot would be if they were to really riot. She's like, this was nothing. This was a disobedience, you know? I actually heard that people were like not, it was a peaceful side of everyone in support of like the inn. Like they were just like, we're just going to have to be who we are. And they weren't. I mean, peaceful and people got the shit beaten yeah, out of them. It was, it was not peaceful at all. No. There was actually like a fire actually started from everything because they barricaded themselves inside of the bar for like safety. Before, Some though. people. Like before, it wasn't. It wasn't like oh. they just like oh, came before, out of the like, bar and like oh, started yeah, when it was stuff. just a safe space and the cops would leave them the fuck alone. Yeah, it was yeah. peaceful as fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, That's I mean, before, I mean. No, no, no. yeah, <laughs> it got it got <laughs> non peaceful. <laughs> right. I thought you meant the riots were peaceful. I was like incorrect. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Then it would not be a riot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Exactly. Uh, uh, But she said, this was so cute. She said, um, she said it was a rebellion. And then she said, and once they got good, uh, once they got the hang of it, they rebelled quite well. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think I I think she has like this really great quote where she's like, if he was going to hit me, I would hit him back twice as hard or something like that. If, or if mm-hmm. like, if yes. I walked away with one black guy, he would walk away with two. Like it was, it was yes. something like that. She left him out cold. Like, he, so he did hit. Okay. So what happened was. Let us know. So, okay. So she's 48 years old. She's like out and about. This thing is happening. Right. And this cop hits her. And so she turns around and left him out cold and beat, like, the ever-loving shit out of him. And just, mm-hmm. like, she's like, I walked away and he was on the ground out, you know? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. But then, but then, obviously, like, they went after her because that's what cops do. They're like, rah! Um, and so they get her and they are grabbing and they, like, are hitting her over the head and, like, dragging her into the cop like van or whatever and she turns out into this into the crowd and screams why don't you do something right and they say like that's the moment that really incited the riots you know and everyone was like well here's what the fuck we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) yes yes um and that's and that's like where the and that's how the how she started um, the riots, which is fucking insane. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like just starting the riots is just, it's such an important part of her life because of what it did for history, but totally, it's actually such a small part of what she actually did for the community. Um, because she actually like went around after she stopped performing. She obviously still had to work. And she worked as, like, um, like security for 
other like lesbian or gay bars and she would say um, she was protecting her like baby girls um, that were in the bar. And she and she was a volunteer um, community protector and she would literally go around communities vigilante style, quote unquote, fighting ugly Meaning like fighting oh my God. people that were trying to not allow other people to just live their lives peacefully in the way that they would like to. Um, and she did that until she was 85 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. old. She was a security Wait, guard until, until she was 85. And, and get this, she will walk around fucking legally armed because... Yeah. I can That's imagine it. What, because she could <laughs> and she did. Um, so she was Holy like tall shit. and gorgeous and androgynous and armed and going around <laughs> protecting her baby girls. <laughs> Holy even, shit. At, even in 80 year old Stormy, I would not fuck yes. with. Yes. I was <laughs> no, just thinking. Of, no. I was imagining like 70, 75, 80, 85. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 85. I mean, you're getting up there and you you show up and then you do more. Like, what the damn, girl? Right? Damn! She is just... Amazing. I I just, like, (laughs) has this kind of energy that, like, I would just... And she... But here's the other thing, though. She's not the kind of activist. Like, you would think she does so much that she's, like, super hyper or, like, you know, like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do that thing. She totally is not. She's, like... Slow and steady wins a race. She's like a tortoise, you know? She doesn't, like, in her interview, she, like, didn't move around much. She's not super fidgety. She just, like, is really calm and well-spoken and just, like, the queen of what you see is what you get, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, doesn't try to fake the funk, is trying to make no bones about it, not trying (laughs) to be performative, nothing. She was very very sure of who she was, and she, Uh like, was 100% willing to, like, fight for her right to just be her fucking self and to protect other people who were just like her. And... Yeah. Absolutely. I she, think yeah, the, she said she one of her like, you know, last words on camera. She, you know, she said, I'm I am a human being that survived and I help other people survive. Mm-hmm. And that was that's all that's all she cared about was just doing that. She didn't care if she got recognition. She didn't care if, you know, she was known or this or that or the other things. She just wanted to do what she wanted to do, which was protect people that deserved to be protected. And it's apparent in her life's work. She was a security guard mm-hmm. for, yeah. you know, lesbian women until she was 85. Like, that's not somebody yes. who's just doing it, like somebody who did it just for the notoriety. That is somebody right. who is still actively doing right. that work even until they can't anymore. Right. Yeah. Like that work is what was giving her life essentially, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, she yes. lived for a few, quite a few years after that, but... You know, like her work gave her life. She loved it, you know. Um, And even then, like, she's like this fucking badass woman. But even then in the documentary, there's footage of her like picking up this tiny little puppy and like letting the dog (laughs) lick her face all over. (laughs) So cute, you know, to like see this woman who you know has a fucking gun in her pocket you know and it's just like holding this little puppy it's so cute <laughs> it's amazing. I, like sharp cut from 
like, will you just let this happen to puppy is just like insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, know, I, I, know. I really it's love so that cute. though, because the, the, you know, being a security guard and like the fact that she was the one that said like, do something. What did she say? Don't let this happen. Are you letting this happen? Well, she's oh, getting um, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? Like that right? is like, yeah. Why don't you do something? Yeah. Her mantra of like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Protecting these people. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to have fun, she's doing something about it. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, damn, absolutely. And her and she, what she says about her work in the community is just that. She says, "I did it, and I'm glad." Oh. Period. You damn. know, and I yeah. fucking love that. You know, she's like, "I did it, and I'm glad." Like that's that's all she needs is to know that she she took the action. Um, and that's the fucking dope story of Stormy Delavier. She's a dope woman. Yeah. She passed peacefully in her sleep in Brooklyn in 2014 following Aww. a heart attack. I'm happy that after such a tumultuous childhood and, and life um, too. you know, fraught with Damn. life. Yeah. Fraught with uh, conflict life. She's able to pass peacefully and rest in power. So yep. yes. Stormy, Stormy, Stormy Delavier, everybody. Dope woman. <sighs> yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> Cheers to you. Uh, oh, I got a little emotional at the end there. Aww. Oh, yeah. All, all of her. these stories. Amazing. All of these stories. Because, like, I, I, like, brought up these three specific women, um, like, because I knew, like, their life's work is what matters. And every time you get to, like, the ending of their life, it's always just, like, really hard. Because, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm queer I'm pansexual I'm non-binary and I like I there there's like a thing that has to be said about knowing your history and it goes mm-hmm. the same with queer people and we have to know those who fought for us in yeah 50 years <sighs> ago mm-hmm. and you know learning about everybody who did the work to get us to where we are today and still knowing that like like if it wasn't for people like them I'd be like probably married with kids and unhappy right. and like in like some right. weird like yeah. cisgender right. miserable like, taking miserable. a bunch of Xanax yeah. all the time. Hundred like, percent. Being 100%. out and being proud isn't isn't just being out and proud. It's a fight. It's the literal struggle. Like yes. to, yes. to live your life. And you know, you could do it quietly, but you're gonna be miserable and you can do it out and proud. And you're, it's going to be a fight, but you're at least going to be able to be like, this is me and this is who I am. And these are the people I'm fighting for. And it makes... Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. True role models and just like respect. Mad respect. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like know where you, <laughs> know where you came from. Like I love that. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's no, amazing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back from the break. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Baby, tell us your story. Yes. Okay. So um, the person that I researched today is none other than the amazing and beautiful Marsha P. Johnson. Oh, oh, yes. Marsha is really amazing there's this really great local band called the sad girls and they do the song um where they play on like a ukulele and they just sing marsha p johnson over and over and it's amazing amazing. 
Oh, that's so yes. great. Let's dive into her because she's literally like. Yeah. So I yeah. admittedly don't know much about, I didn't know much about any of these story subjects. So I'm really excited to hear about both of yours because I was so excited to learn about mine. And so um, yes. this is triple the fun, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Marsha P. Johnson, who was born on August 24th of 1945. Uh, she was born in okay, New Jersey. Yeah, 1945. She was born in New Jersey and she had like a really tough upbringing because even at the age of five is when Mm. she started like wearing dresses and kind of started, um, Mm. quote, cross-dressing, unquote. And um, Oh, so she was assigned male at birth? Yes, so she's AMAP. And um, she grew up in a really Christian household. And you can imagine oh, what comes, oh comes with that being a young baby who wants to put on dresses and is starting right. to, to, you know, experience femininity and it being in a Christian household, how that all goes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So after high school, she moved to Greenwich Village, is it, in New York? I don't know, Greenwich. That's what I thought it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, Greenwich, Greenwich. No, no, Greenwich. Oh, God, no, no, no. You got it. <laughs> yeah. You got so, it. Greenwich. She moved to Greenwich Village after she graduated high school in New York, and she was really struggling to make ends meet, and so she was homeless, and she was a sex worker. Um, and, you know, in the, in the early to mid-60s, being homeless Ugh. in the... In New York City, meant and also That's grim, and also mm-hmm. being a black trans woman, she had to resort mm-hmm. to sex work for a lot of her money. Yeah. And back then, um, a lot of her friends just recollect of her like living in and out of motel rooms or bathhouses and sleeping in the movies. Uh, one of her mm-hmm. friends actually recollects her like. It was 99 cents before noon at the movie theaters back then. So she would go before noon and go and pay for an early movie. And that's where she would go and she would rest. So she would like go and pay for an early movie and she would sleep there. Um, There are also a lot of accounts where uh, she, she lived, she lived a lot of her life in the flower district in New York. And, um, a lot of the a lot of the workers who had like shops and things, they all knew her, and so they would let her sleep under the tables in the flower district. Aww. And um, oh like gosh, oh my baby. god, at, at the end of the day, she would like get all of the leftover flowers that they didn't sell that day. And if you ever look up any picture of Marsha P. Johnson, she has like these big ornate crowns of flowers. And it's yeah. because she was sleeping under the tables of the flower district wow. and all of, all of the workers oh would give God. her what they couldn't sell at the end of the day. And so she would make these gorgeous, big, giant crowns out of wow. flowers. And a lot oh of, a lot of... These workers used to call her like a saint and like, yeah, so that's that's so that's so cool. I did see a picture of her wearing like a flower crown because she was like Mm -hmm. friends with mine. Yeah. Oh, my God. It has like a story. Wow. That's beautiful. And so she would and also like she would kind of panhandle every now and then, too. But um, a lot of people recount her like being on the street, just being like, do you have a dollar for a starving actress or do you have a dollar mm-hmm. for a beautiful drag queen? And if people, yes. if, if people would give her like five bucks, she would go and give 
$3 back to like anybody who was also hungry Mm. or like homeless or, you know, and, and a lot of people used to call her like the Robin Hood of drag queens because she would literally like, I love, she would take what she needed. And even then, even if she needed something, but somebody else needed it more than she did, she would take it off of her own, like she would take it out of her own pockets or off of her own body and give it to somebody else because she was just like that kind of person. Um, what a goddess she yeah. literally was. Yeah. Um, so she was um, like unearthly. <laughs> Just doesn't. Yeah. Mean- no. Literally. Yeah. So she was homeless and she was um, doing sex work uh, around the time when she started doing drag. And at that time, she was living with a friend, and she was still living on the streets mostly, but she was able to like have a safe haven if she needed it. And um, her friend told her, you know, you're not able to do, you're not able to like leave my house in drag because I don't want any attention to be caused in my home or anything like that. So she would wear all of her drag underneath these like big clunky like male clothes. Like, oh or, my God. You know, oh. like mas- masculine clothing. And yeah. mm-hmm. when she would like get to the train, she'd start taking everything off. And as she would get to the bars that she would like perform at, she... Like, you know what I mean? Like, so as yeah, as she was on wow. her way to the- like shedding to, layers. Yeah, exactly. As she was on her way to the um, the bar or, you know, the stone wall where she was performing a lot is uh, she would start taking things off. And there's actual pictures of her because the only thing that she couldn't take off were her shoes. So she's in like these gowns with like her big oh, flower right. crowns. But she's wearing big male like tennis shoes. So, oh my, my God. God. Yeah. Oh my God, I wonder if that's where that trend came from. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but <gasps> a lot of the time. Oh, wow. A lot of the time she was also just like not. That's also able just to, such a classic New York, look, New York look for like any outfit you have on to have tennis shoes on. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know that. You know, they take the train from like Brooklyn or something yeah. if, if they're wearing tennis <laughs> shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I love but that. She didn't have a lot of money to get her drag. So she often got her drag out of like trash cans or like pe- things that people would donate to her or like thrift mm-hmm. stores. And mm. like a lot of her friends used to say, you would walk in a store with $5 and she found a way to make an elegant outfit out of like those $5. Wow. And, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So. That was like her beginning days. I mean, drag queens are fucking amazing. Yeah, like resourceful so is so resourceful. Fuck. You don't you don't yes. need you really don't need a lot of money to be a great drag performer or even like a good makeup artist or anything. Right. What matters What matters is the entertainment. So if you're getting up on that stage and you are entertaining me, that's what matters. And that's what a lot of people yeah. don't yeah. understand about drag is because now there's shows like RuPaul's Drag Race where everybody just right. looks like they own like a thousand dollar dress. And it's like, right. you know, that's right. that's that is technically drag, but also that's not... That's not, that's not inter- the most that's of not drag. entertainment, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that's also not what most drag looks like. Most drag exactly. is in most like drag bars are from, and clubs and Well, not just that. It's it's from people who still can't even really be like identifying right. as themselves in a lot of places. So they have and to scrap. Out, yeah. They have to scrap for a lot of their pieces. And so it's really Marsha is like the blueprint. 
She literally is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. So, yes. Oh, my God. She was one of, like, the first drag queens to actually start going to Stonewall. And she actually herself called herself, like, one of the Stonewall girls. So Aww, going back to Stonewall, she was one of the first people to start showing up in drag there. And um, when, oh, cool. when the riot got incited, um, she is one of the first people she picked up a shot glass and she threw it at one of like the glasses behind the bar and she yelled I got my she yelled I got my civil rights and it's like quoted as being the shot glass heard around the world and it was she was one of the first people to physically resist the police yeah Um, wow oh my god I have chills all over my body there are like so many accounts of her where she like climbed up on a light pole and she had a brick inside of her purse and she threw it down on like a police car (gasps) and like holy shit all of this crazy stuff yeah and like a lot of this and then Stormy probably went and like bailed her out (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly a lot of these are just like accounts too. They're, they weren't like physically able to be written down because it was obviously just like this big giant riot, you know, and nobody's really right. able yeah. to like say what's truth and what's not. But I feel like this is the type of woman to have done something like that. And I take it for mm-hmm. a fact. <laughs> I'm like, Hell she threw yeah. that brick <laughs> at that car. We have decided that these are facts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my exactly. God. Yeah, because in the, even in the space that is of, of of this space, these are facts. Exactly. <laughs> um, wow. So she that happened. Up. Oh my god. Yeah. So that Just happened a in, in my purse. <laughs> that, that happened in 1969, um, and after the Stonewall riots. Um, the person who everybody thought could identify what was cool and what wasn't in society, everybody thought Andy Warhol could. And Andy actually oh, met right. Andy actually met Marsha and took her oh. portrait and put it in uh, one of his shows. But what's really fucked up is that all of Marsha's friends who were like these queer, homeless, trans kids, like they all got kicked out of Andy's showing of like her own like silkscreen portrait. Oh my God. What the fuck? Oh well, my yeah, God. because I mean, Andy Warhol, yeah, great, great artist, but he's also like a misogynistic asshole, asshole. who only cares about money. So yeah. all of these kids were actually like getting kicked out of like the showing of Marsha's silkscreen that he took of her. But That's so fucked up. it helped put her on the map for a lot of like her drag work. Um, and she got a lot of notoriety right. just from being in his, pic- like all of his portraits and stuff like that. Right, um, right, yeah. right. Just sucks wow. that her friends couldn't so show up and like support, after, you know, yeah, show, it's fucked up. show up for her. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna quick break real quick because you guys are like uh, pixelated. Okay, perfect. I could see you now. We're good. Can oh, perfect. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. All right. It took yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I know. It yeah, keeps so, going in and out. I'm not sure why. <clears throat> <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, soon after um, Marsha, uh, after the Stonewall riots and everything, 
Marsha, who was friends with Sylvia Rivera, who was also a trans woman who was involved with Stonewall, um, they created something Fuck called yeah. they they created an organization called Star, which is basically the Street Transgender Action Revolutionaries, and it's a group. Ooh. It was a yeah, it was amazing. It was a group committed to helping homeless transgender youth in New York City at the time. Wow! Oh my so, god, the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, and at the time. Um, Marsha credits herself only as being like the VP, but she gives all the credit to Sylvia because Sylvia was like really, really like active and she was like wow. getting a- getting arrested all the time for it. Yeah, um, she really was. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, Marsha credits Sylvia for everything when it comes to Star. And um, wow. what's, what's really amazing about Star is they actually got a mobster um, who like, to give them an apartment and what? they operated. What? Yeah. So, so I don't know exactly how, but oh they, con- <laughs> they convinced a mobster and it's probably because all these bars were like, you know what I mean? Like low ground, like all of that. Yeah. So they convinced him to give them an apartment and he did. And, um, they operated it as a shelter for trans youth. So they like did outreach. Oh, so all wow. of, all of these like, 13, 14, 15 year old kids who were trans, who were like moving to New York and having to like live these really hard lives with sex work and drugs and all these crazy things. They used Mm -hmm. their apartment as an outreach center for them and they gave them shelter at night. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, like Sylvia Rivera, like did all the fucking work. Like she is so fucking amazing. But anyway. Going back to Marsha, she was a part of all of this. And she helped <laughs> Sylvia. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I like literally can't. Like no, no, no. <laughs> I know it's like, but we di- we often say, but we digress. We digress. Like, but we digress. Often. <laughs> often. <laughs> um. So after Stonewall happened in 1969, uh, one year later is when the like quote unquote first Pride Parade happened, but. Right. A lot of the time, as you see in history, like cis white people overrun everything. Mm. And mm-hmm. a lot of cis white gay people were taking pride, even though it came, even though pride started because trans people were sick and tired of getting like punched in the face by fucking cops. Um, yeah. In 1978, so this is nine years after the Stonewall riots, um, they were trying to exclude trans people from pride. And so Sylvia and Marsha, they had their signs and they were, when the parade started, them and their group walked to the front of of that parade and they appeared like for all the pictures and everything it looked like they were like spearheading oh my god and, like, amazing in, oh my in, god like, it looked as though they were like leading the parade even yes. though they were excluding oh. trans people that parade um holy shit yeah which is so fucked up that like you know what the fuck by saying yeah. no you can't come in at all that's just like guys <laughs> no it's exactly so <laughs> annoying and but so, good for them. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but fuck like, yeah. That's fucking dope. That's, They're like, ah, um, hi, we're just going to like, excuse me, pardon me. Thanks. This is my spot oh, now. Thanks, you said bye. we can't come in. Cool. We're going to go to the front of the line. And like, bye. 
gay people are still <laughs> yeah. are still ex- like are still you know a minority but cis gay men and transphobia like all of that like the culture of it is just so very toxic where they're excluding the our trans sisters and brothers who put themselves and their bodies mm-hmm. and their lives on the line for all of yeah. us and um mm-hmm. the fact that they tried to exclude the trans women who literally nine years before fought for them. It's just yeah. like insane. Um, right. But that's why they got their little signs and they got their group and they were like, fuck you. We're going to go to the front and yes. <laughs> we're going to look like we're leading this parade, honey. Yes. <laughs> yes. So fucking good. Oh, so, so fucking good. good. Brilliant. As the years went by, um, Marsha actually became a pretty popular drag queen and she um she toured with this band called Hot Peaches and they were just like this performing performing arts production and they traveled Cute. like all Hot over Peaches. I know right yeah they're called Hot Peaches and she like sang and she danced and she did all this fun stuff and she actually got a lot of notoriety as a famous drag queen which is really like not rare but it's I mean, not now, not nowadays, but like at the time mm-hmm. to be like a famous drag queen that is yeah. like accepted as that, like that is. Yeah, uncommon for sure. Like, yeah, exactly. Totally. And she did that um, with Hot Peaches for a while. Hot Peaches. Um, yeah. And if you that. haven't, it, it's really funny because I looked up a bunch of like uh, trying to find video footage of all of it and you can find video footage of it, but even her friends are like, you don't know what it felt like to be in that room watching her. Like no video will ever do it justice to like actually see Marsha P. Johnson. But I think all of us as performers, you like Nadine and Kate can like actually like relate. And me, myself, it's like nothing can ever compare to the live performance. Nothing. 100%. 100%. Like it can be filmed from all angles, but at the same time, it's like, uh -uh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh-uh. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's like sports. Like, I do not watch sports on TV at all, hardly ever. But, like, I will go to any sports game live, you know? Like, I'll go <laughs> yeah. to a baseball game. I'll go to a hockey game. I'll go to a basketball game. Yeah. Go, yeah. Like, whatever. I, I loathe sports. But if I'm, like, I have to go with my dad, I'm, like, cool. I like getting drunk and eating a hot dog and, like, watching people yeah. beat each other up. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. great. <laughs> But could I ever sit through innings exactly. and like break? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. But that thing that's nice is that there's no rules. No. Like you don't, it's not like a concert or a show that like you have to be in by a certain time. The doors close. Like you can go in and out. That's you true. can go late. You can go early. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can leave whenever you want. You can go to the bathroom, whatever. Like it's just, and yeah, it's mainly yeah. the snacks. I like to just overdo it on the snacks entirely and eat every single last bite, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But going back to like a live performance. Anyway, back to. But we digress. We digress. But we we digress. digress. But we digress. (laughs) So um, the documentary that I actually watched and got a lot of my information from, uh, you can find. And um, it's actually, it's Marsha P. Johnson actually like recounting on her life and her work. And the documentary was released in 1990. Or, sorry, um, 1992. And it was right before the Pride of 1992 happened. 
And um, on July 6, 1992, Marsha was 47 years old. And that was when the uh, pride in New York City happened that year. And she went missing. And (gasps) a lot of her friends didn't know where she was and what happened or anything like that. And her body um, washed up in the river just (gasps) like right when pride was going on. And what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So the the cops chalked it up as a suicide just because I mean, this happens still today. She was a black trans woman and they're not gonna right, they're not gonna right like right. there's no knife the in her back. She was they're not they're not gonna investigate in. it at all. But yeah. um yeah. she disappeared uh after the pride event and Ugh. um a lot of her friends know that the river and the area that she washed up on was like a really sketchy area where she used to get harassed a lot. And they all assume, and mm. it's probably a fact, that it was a murder. Yeah. And yeah. so... Um, oh, it's so sell, sad. Like, to, to have a funeral for her, because literally the entire town knew Marsha. Like... She was yeah. somebody who was doing work actively in the streets and not just that. She knew everybody like in the flower district and and Christopher right. Street, I think it is, where she lived. Like she knew literally everybody that lived on that street and they threw this big it wasn't a parade, but it was like this this like uh what's the word where they all walk together? <laughs> oh, um like a uh, not a promenade, but like Something like that. Yeah, the, the, not parade. It was. It was. It was a little not a parade. We'll edit this like out. More right? somber. <laughs> like when they just walk through the streets. Oh, well, you can do a, a sad parade. So a march. Like, yeah. So march. So like. Um, okay. So <laughs> we can just cut to, to a march. <laughs> yeah. To commemorate her, to commemorate her, and to have a proper funeral, they all got flowers from the flower district where she lived basically like the whole time that she was in New York City and um they got they got her ashes and they all had like this great march and um they almost got stopped by the police and this one cop came up and he's like what are you all walking for and they said we're walking in like this is her funeral this is Marsha P. Johnson's funeral and the cop actually remembered her and said she was always Mm. like super sweet you guys can continue and he like let them walk and there's like video footage in the documentary and you could see like they they dump her ashes over the river and then you just see all these like flowers drop from the flower district because she always like wore these like ornate crowns Oh, so it's yeah. just like a, a hundred flowers in the river for Marsha. Oh, oh my, my gosh, that's so beautiful wow. and sad. But we remember that's a beautiful her for her image, work. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Marsha was Ugh. so revolutionary, and she was somebody who was so like people thought of her literally as a saint because she was just so yeah so generous and so pure and like. Right. She was a serious activist and a serious entertainer. And like, she also struggled with mental health issues a lot of the time. But a lot of people like remember her as being like, I'm having a bad day. So I'm just going to tell you that right now. And like, she would like go her own way. And she like, and, and that was like another strange thing with her death is people were probably like, oh, she probably 
was hallucinating and saw something in the river and that's where she went. And it's like, no, it was pride weekend. And yeah. Yeah. She wasn't like insane and incapable of, you know, taking care of herself. She was an adult. Like, well, well, and, and also, there's also there's just such a high murder rate in the right. in know, the in black the, well, trans black trans community, so. community. exactly. Yeah. Um, but it also just, seems like she's she would be a target because she's like a role model and mm-hmm. right. Well, Anna, exactly. Do you remember her great uh, the P in Marsha P Johnson stood for pay it no mind, and it was just her phrase when people would sarcastic like when people would ask her about her gender, she'd sarcastically say pay it no mind. So, oh, I love that. Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha P. Johnson. Rest in power, queen. Yes. Yes. Rest in power. Ugh, amazing. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing her story with us. Yes. Yeah. That was beautiful. You had like a nice, very, like, you know her story, and then you like, went beyond and told us like the little things like the the flower crowns where that came from like that is beautiful I love that because I think it's a it's so important to her as a person you know like totally because people always saw her as like very ornate and very like decorated and it's like yeah they don't understand that it was because she had a relationship with these people who were working the flower district but they knew her you know what I mean? And she was homeless yeah. and she was yeah. living under their tables. And, you know, like Ugh. it's, yeah. she was such an amazing person. Ugh. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. <sighs> Dope woman. So we, we have Sylvia Rivera. Sylvia yeah. fucking Rivera. She, she is, I, I love don't know that if we my just... brain can handle any more awesomeness, but I'm ready for it. Oh, just wait I for know, Sylvia. Right? <laughs> oh my God, Sylvia. She, I love that we heard Marsha's story first because in Sylvia's story, they're, I mean, they're friends. So it's a big moment when she passes. Um, she's right. Like, they're always like a pair, it feels like in history. Yeah. Like, uh, they are two souls. And Sylvia's in a in... fishbowl. Sylvia's in a lot of Marsha's story. So the fact that you're going after Mm. really means a lot because Sylvia like was way more hardcore. Like I'm not that Marsha wasn't, Mm -hmm. but like Sylvia's mind. Okay, go on. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. She was born 1951, born and raised in New York City. She uh, also began wearing makeup at a very young age. I feel like the whole like growing up, um, Marsha and Sylvia were very, very similar in the the way of like very young age. They started wearing makeup and dressing up. She was living on the streets by age 11. Um, Wow. she, She began sex work and was taken in by the drag queen community and was given the name Sylvia from them. Um, and then by the Beautiful. age of 18, she joined Gay Activists Alliance. She was ready to go and 18, ready Damn. to sign up for all the things and vote. Uh, okay. She, <laughs> she, she, her work was fighting for drag queens like herself to be included in the movement. Um, in the Alliance. So um, she was doing this with Marsha. They were excluded from the women's rights movement. And then, you know, as we heard, fighting for their place in the gay community too. Um, 
And so mm-hmm. uh, let's see. I wrote something about Stonewall riots in case. Um, okay. So there's who threw the first brick and she jokes um, about the Stonewall riots. She jokes that she didn't throw the first Molotov cocktail, but she threw the second one. Um, after the riots the gay liberation movement um started and that's when they did star like we heard and Mm -hmm. um there was there was a moment that was said about sylvia breaking a desk um at the gay rights center because homeless gay youths would be sleeping outside the center and not inside so she was like she broke a desk she was like boom no like no, yeah. Sylvia was so oh fucking God, hardcore. Like she she's so literally like she's literally the epitome of like hard, strong, like don't fuck with me energy. Like that's yes. her. Fuck and yeah. Like fuck yeah. And, and not in any of the wrong ways. All of the exact right and right reasons. You know what I mean? Yes. Like fuck yeah. Absolutely. God, yeah. I love her. She's on the right yes. side of history, honey. There's a lot about her. So I only like started to dabble in a few things. Um, just search her name. There's so much. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, so, uh, okay. Um, the gay pride <laughs> march. Yes. They had to fight for their right to have space in the parades. Um, she also fought her way onto the stage. And when she like broke through, everyone was Sick. booing her. They were literally booing her and she goes, what? I'm going to read her quote because it was like, Ugh, it's it, not the That's whole thing. That's what she gave her speech. Oh my yes, God. She gave her speech that she fought on stage. She's like, she's literally like, mm-hmm. take this. I'm going to take the mic. It's amazing. There's a video. Look it up. Um, yeah. She goes, <gasps> quote, It's in black and white. Yes. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Uh, Quote, I will no longer put up with this shit. I have been beaten. I have had my nose broken. I have been thrown in jail. I have lost my job. I have lost my apartment for gay liberation. And you all treat me this way. What the fuck's wrong with you all? Think about that. I do not believe in revolution, but you all do. I believe in the gay power. I believe in us getting our rights or else I would not be out there fighting for our rights. That's all I wanted to say to you all people. End quote. Mm-hmm. Just Ooh. yes, yes, yes. And shit, I should have written it down, but it's literally like, wow. would y'all call, quiet down? That's literally what the speech is called. Quiet down. I, I yeah. should have written oh, it down. Nice. But, but that's like, she just got up there and started like teaching. Yelling. No, if, if you literally watch the clip, I like every single time I have to look at it, I like get chills because I'm just yeah. like, holy fucking shit. Because so like, amazing. Because nobody will ever understand what it's like to be black, indigenous, mm-hmm. POC, and on top of that, trans. Nobody mm-hmm. will ever understand that. Even me, I will never understand that. Mm-hmm. And my life's work is based on uplifting my queer community and uplifting like the trans and AFAB, non-binary, like all of us. And I will never have the experiences that other people have. And Sylvia was literally like out there fucking fighting when nobody else was. For her to get on that mic could have cost her her life and she didn't care. She did it. Totally. She fucking yelled at them. (laughs) She just yelled at them. And it's amazing Put to watch. Fucking place. When yeah. you yeah. watch it, when yeah. you watch it, it's literally like goosebumps. Like, 
Fucking yeah. Sylvia. I know. I got chills just listening to that quote. And that's like yeah. without even like the real emotion or like the video or anything. Like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch. No, I did crying. not give it. Yeah. She's like, you know, yelling at them and taking space and letting them sit with it's it for insane. a second. It is like yeah. amazing. Whoa. <laughs> um, amazing. So good. She... She um, lived on the streets as well in different parts of her life. Um, it was interesting. On, well, there was like an interview. There's a, a video of her kind of talking to this reporter and she is living by the river and it kind of ugh, the way she like talked about staying in the movement and saying she doesn't feel bad. She lives on the streets because there's still people out on the streets that have nowhere to go. And she said, as long as they're here, I'm here. And mm-hmm. it was just like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. she was by that river oh. and probably thinks about Marsha. Um, oh. Well, that same river, yeah. it's, it's, what is that? What is that street that they always talk back about? It's Christopher Street or? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's Christopher mm-hmm. Street. Cause there know. was also, there's no, well that, that same river is always the one that they all used to meet at. It's like a pier and a dock and that's where everybody used to like go and hang oh. out at. Wow. And that's where a lot of people used to see Marsha too, like yeah. just hanging out. Ugh. So such a such a beautiful like image, you know. Yeah. She she also battled with substance abuse. Um I know mean, she drank uh she had like different bouts of drinking and so she kind of it was funny, there was like in this one documentary, um, p- different people were talking about her and, and someone, she lived with someone and they said, yeah, she drank. But when she didn't drink, that was like when she was fully on and she was just like, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was breaking desks, you know, so. Damn. <laughs> I love so, that, Marsha. I love that. I mean, I, I love that Sylvia is, is more intense off of. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, she's right, like right, fully right. coherent. Not, not right. The alcohol and, chills her out, but without drinking, yeah. she's like <laughs> rage against the machine style exactly. anger. And I want to say That's this true about self. addiction. Yeah, I want to say this about addiction and like struggling with like letting it go and stuff. Um, is that it? It when you take on like that so much, so much energy. Like she was fighting, doing the fights and taking the emotional, yep. physical, like all of it. And so like, it's just crazy to think of her as just like, she has to just like manage herself too. She's fighting for everyone, but then she has to take care of herself. So she's just, well, right. and, and, right. and that's the thing with a lot of, um, LGBTQ bodies is the, the amount of alcoholism and drug addiction that happens because mm-hmm. it isn't, it isn't just about accepting yourself it's about making everybody else in this like weird Mm -hmm. like world that we live in where nobody can just understand who you are and how many times you have to fight the amount of like deaths that are caused just by alcoholism and drug addiction because Mm -hmm. nobody understands you nobody wants to understand you there's ignorance there is like homophobia transphobia there's murders there's literally like all of this scary crazy stuff like people who can't even find jobs and they have to resort to sex work and the amount of stress and depression and Mm -hmm. and anxiety that that and and the unsafety of all of it it's like nobody could ever understand and everybody needs to realize how fucked up 
they're making everybody's lives around them and mm-hmm. learn that there, there's this great quote and, and it's, it's, I don't need you to accept me. I need you to understand me. You don't mm-hmm. need to accept me. You, you, get, you get to go to your church every Sunday with people who are just like you. You get to, yeah, and, right. and I accept that. And I accept that. I get to I get to watch you walk into those church doors every week with your wife and your kids and your church and everything. And mm-hmm. I accept that. Why can't you accept me and my life? Preach. St- and, and me mm-hmm. and my gender identity. Acceptance is the only way that we can make progress. Because it isn't Preach. about... Yes. It, it isn't about, um, you know, changing your ideals. You could be religious you right. need to accept the fact that there's other people out there who aren't. And why is that any different from, I accept that I am cis heteronormative. Why can't I accept the fact Correct. that there are people who are trans or people who aren't right. heteronormative? Right. And this is where I'll be. Like, it doesn't affect your life. It doesn't matter to you. Like, let it, like, why yes. does it bother it really, you what other people do in their own homes with their own bodies and their own situations? It, like, it fuck really off. It really doesn't, and it doesn't. It doesn't affect anybody's religion, and it doesn't affect anybody's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect anybody's anything. If What's, you think God's going to punish me, let me deal with that with God when I do, when I get there. Like, you won't exactly. be there for you to so. judge. That's for exactly. your God to judge if that's what you believe. Exactly. Like, fuck off. Sorry, we cut oh, off. God. We cut off Kate with Sylvia's story. Uh, no, no, this was that was really important. I mean, it's <laughs> something valid. How do you? Yeah, I'm just riled up. Um, no, yeah. While I, girl, this is what this shit does. It's like every time we record, it's like I end up having the most productive few days after that because I'm always like, <laughs> you know, like I am woman, hear me roar, and I just like plow through. While this newly information. and then quarantine hits again, and I get sad for three days, <laughs> and then we repeat. Um, exactly. Okay. Anyway. She, okay. Where were she, you? So she basically, Star was a thing, but Marsha was a big help. So, you know, along the way, it kind of, it kind of didn't end, but it wasn't as um, active. So she resurrected it and fought for the New York City transgender, transgender rights bill. And then like, this is through Star. And then also for the trans inclusive New York State Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act, like, she was like, these things need to go through. Sick. And then, um, damn. Yeah, she she eventually passed away from liver cancer. Um, she has her oldest friend. Uh, he he said that she, after her passing, that she worked hard to promote a citywide gay rights and an anti-discrimination ordinance, but for all of the work when it came to make the deals, the the Gay Activist Alliance would drop the portions in the bills that dealt with trans, transvestism and drag because it wasn't possible to pass Ugh. it with extreme elements Ugh. included. Um, but it Ugh. wasn't unusual for Sylvia to be urged to uh, like front the possible dangerous demonstrations. They were like, you go... Right. Say those things, um, and then when the press would show up, and she would be pushed aside by the more straight appearing leadership. So uh, you know she was she was doing the fucking fight and the dirty work, doing the work, and then not getting really any acknowledgement from for mainstream, and then also like within the community, you know. 
So, so fucked up. She had pointed out when things become so mainstream. Up. Yep, trans people were not needed. Um, but her her Ugh. life was about fighting for the low income trans people of color, and she was known as mother of all yes, gay queen. people. Yes, and then queen. she was also referred to as the Rosa Parks of the modern trans mm-hmm. modern transgender movement. Aww. And we have the T in LGBTQ because of her. Yep, that's exactly right. because of that's Sylvia. Right. Well, and the, and that's, pew, pew, pew. Oh, and that's like kind of not where I want to end this, but where I want to kind of where I wanted to end their story and talk about them as women. Um, is no, that's that, perfect. That was my last, literally my last bullet point. <laughs> you read perfect. my fucking mind. Okay, go. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's that perfect. Stonewall didn't start Pride. And Pride came, yes, one year after the Stonewall riots, but um, it started from the LGBT community, but only especially like trans and people of color, like trans people and trans people of color Mm -hmm, who were tired mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. were angry and there was pain and there was fear, but it was literally sitting back and seeing the fucked up shit that happened to them and everybody before them yep. and standing up for anybody yep. who was going to come from this or even just themselves. Like, no, today I'm going to fight because that's what right. fucking matters. Yeah, and, I'm going to fight for me. Uh, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight yes. for you. I'm going to fight for you. The thing is, is like, like since then, and this is 50 years later because the, the Stonewall riots just had the 50th anniversary in 2019. Um, Mm -hmm. Like when you think about pride now, you think about alcohol endorsements and you think about like white Mm -hmm. gay, white, cis, cis, white. So fucking capitalistic now. What kind of rainbow are you going to wear? Well, the, the, the thing that is really, really like shown are cis gay white men. Cis gay white men mm-hmm. have every right to be themselves in everyday life, even at the Oscars, right. even when it comes to like, if it goes as high as that, cis gay white men are able to be in politics today. Mm-hmm. But where mm-hmm. are, where are mm-hmm. the black trans women? Where are the brown trans women? Where are the people Correct. that actually know what it's like to have to fight and struggle and Correct. The first not, openly yes. trans person was elected to the state legislature only three years ago. That was yeah. the first one. And mm-hmm. she's a white, like, trans woman. So mm-hmm. well, if you, and she doesn't don't even, even know like, how long it's going to take us to get a trans, yeah. a black trans woman elected anywhere. When you know? black, black trans women were the people, were literally the blueprint of the right, gay liberation movement. movement. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. So Damn. Yes. We, uh, we well, all, we're so excited to like give them, give these stories the spotlight on today's episode because it's so yes. fucking true. And I so had many no idea. people don't know that, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and like, just like to kind of like talk about it a little bit more, it's like, where can we be in the next 50 years? Like Stonewall was 50 years ago. Where can we go in the next 50 years? Where mm-hmm. Where is our progress? Just where is imagine. that? Yeah. Like we have to talk about it because the trans community is in, in LGBTQ history right now. All we see are white gay cis men. 
And that's mm-hmm. just a fact. And that's yeah. the only thing that's accepted. If you watch Queer Eye, not that Queer Eye is a bad show, but you watch Queer Eye and it has to be something that can be compartmentalized into what's going to sell to the mainstream. And mm-hmm. we, don't, we, don't, we don't need what's... Our progress doesn't need to be where are we going to sell to the mainstream. It needs to be where are our lives going to be in 50 years? How many more people are going to yes. be mur- how many more people are going to be murdered because they are black, trans, Mexican, POC, like yes. mm-hmm. all of the above. Yes. It's like we need to stand up and protect the people who are such a specific minority that mm-hmm. we need that's where our progress needs to go. And for yeah. um like any feminists out there, the way that you could you could like think about like the future. You can't be trans exclusionary. Everything needs Correct. to be inclusive. Yes. Trans exclusionary, radinary, blah, 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 blah. Trans exclusionary, <laughs> radical <laughs> feminists have no room in these conversations. Uh-huh. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Fuck yeah. Preach. Fuck yeah. Preach. Preach. Um, we're just going to leave that right fucking there and that say... That was perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. You, thank, thank you for, for sharing the these names with us so yes. that we can, you know, give them space and speak them and let them rest in power. Yeah. We um, remember We remember Stormy. We remember Marsha and yeah. remember Sylvia today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Queens. I'm going to take a fucking bath later with candles and a fucking glass of wine in honor of them and in honor of taking care of myself oh, in yes. order to give back. Yes. yes. I'm just going to big, big cry later. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> watch the fucking, sh- watch the, the speech that Sylvia gives. Yes. I was oh, yeah. I'll watch we'll that link it. We'll link for it. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll link Definitely. it 100%. And I'll, I'll give you guys the link for Marsha's uh, documentary. Absolutely. Too. Perfect. Absolutely. Well, great. All right, folks. Well, let's well, wrap it up um, with um, saying, <laughs> yeah, hey, make thank sure you... you follow us on social media um dope women but also do you want to just plug your stuff right now really quick uh baby sure um oh yeah where can we follow where can we follow you you can follow me (laughs) on instagram and twitter at censored tits with a z Hell yes. That's right. Hell so that's, yes. that's right. Censored tits. C E N S O R E D T I T Z. Cause Z honey. Yeah. Because the world hates female presenting nipples, honey. Even though I'm not a female. That's right. oh. Even though male nipples can be fucking all over everywhere forever, but female nipples for some reason are disgusting and banned. Fuck you, Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter there, and you can follow my show at queer as punk on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, yeah, I throw yeah, this and really you're producing, great um, on Twitch, mm-hmm. right? You're producing. Yeah. On Twitch. So, um, um, my show queer as punk, uh, we are usually a monthly show in LA that happens that has queer artists that play music and also performances, uh, drag performances, but you can follow us on Twitch. We're now having a biweekly show on twitch.tv at uh, slash Queer as punk. Sick. <laughs> Bi-weekly. <laughs> we'll drop it. We'll drop it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah we'll link this everything, obviously. This one will have obviously. quite a few links. Yes. Yeah. 
Give it yes. up for give it up for Stormy and Marsha and Sylvia. Yes. yes. I love you both so much. Thank you for letting me be on too. <laughs> Oh my God, we love you so much. Make sure you follow us on social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is all the same at Dope Women, Women with an X. And do we say like, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts? Do that if you haven't. Yes. So you don't miss an episode. Um, anytime we release specials, you can, you'll get it straight in your uh, feed. Um, and yeah, this podcast is recorded on Chumash and Otsunga land and produced on Tongvenation land. Yes. Yes. And please smoke responsibly. And drink. Yes. Sorry, I, I drink, drink, I drink white wine this entire podcast. It's your thing of choice. It's your thing of choice. <laughs> All right, ladies, are, are, we, are we ready to take it out? You have been listening to... Dope, Dope Women! Women!